welcome to Retro Wars, where each week me and a friend talk about the video games we used to play back when we were kids. And this is episode 102, and we're talking Advance Wars for the Game Boy Advance. Hello, my name is Danny, and if you're listening, then thank you, welcome to the show. I hope you are here for a fun time. Yes, Advance Wars. I had never played this game before. This was one of those gems that I was like, oh, maybe I should give this a go, maybe not. But I was kind of distracted by... I'm not a big war person. I don't know one's a war person, apart from, like, governments. But I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, this is for me. And then when I realised I went back to it, it's actually a tactical RPG. And I was like, well, hang on. I love tactical RPGs. They're one of my favourite genres ever. So when the Advance Wars collection came out, I was like, oh, do I actually go out and buy the collection? But then when I heard, well, actually, the original still holds up, I was like, meh, I'll just, just play the original. It's probably the smartest way of doing it. And I played it. And I finished it. It's all completed. It's all done. I, I don't. I try to do my best to complete games if I can. And I had a really good show. So I am looking forward to the second one in the future. This week, I am joined once more by Eric from the Unlockable Podcasts. This was one of the games he specifically said, I want to do. Please let me do this game. I was fine. And I was going to release this a long time ago, this episode. However, at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, I think this is a good time to release it. Somebody else with another podcast decided to release their episode. And I was like, well, it's going to look like I'm absolutely copying if I decide to release that at the same time. And it was one of those ones where I hadn't told him, no, no. Stop that. Let me go first. We've had that before on the show. We have had that on the show before. If I've said, no, stop. Let me go first. And he was like, okay. But this one, I thought, nah, I'm not going to bother him again. And I decided, oh, I'll be nice. I'll let him go first, you know. Let the little boys go first. (laughs) Oh, what do I know? So if you are here just for Advance Wars, maybe skip about 30, 40 minutes and just get straight to that. But please stay. We try and have a bit of a laugh. We try to tell you what's going on in the world of gaming and let you lot have your say. But first of all, let's get the plugs out of the way, shall we? If you want to support the show, wherever you listen to this, please give it a five-star review. Please leave me a review. I think I need to start focusing on these reviews. So, because more five-star reviews, more comments on the episodes, that gets it up the algorithm. So, what I want people to do... If you have liked this episode, please tell me something funny you found about Advance Wars. I may start doing a segment, like a very small segment, on the best comments of the week on our reviews. Because I, I, every time I get a comment comes through on any one of the pod, anyone wherever you listen to this, it comes through to me on Podbean where I'm listening to it. So leave something stupid on the reviews and I'll read out the best one. So there's a challenge, and that's for everybody. So you don't have to be a Patreon member, even if you're just a non-paying member, you're not a Patreon member. If you've got something stupid to say, leave it on the review. Don't make it like Danny's a prick, because I want people to actually listen to it. Or normally I say you can say that, I don't mind. But say something stupid, and I'll start reading. If we get some in, I'll start reading the best ones, okay? Okay? Now that doesn't mean make it smutty. I'll make that very clear. Smuttiness doesn't win. But I'll read out one comment, and if it's smutty, it ain't getting read. Okay? I know we're the smut squad, but making that clear. Okay? And whenever you see the show come up on the um, socials, such as X, please give it a share, because, again, it helps get the show out there. If you want to support the show financially, you can do on patreon.com forward slash retro wars, where for $1 each month, 
you get access to your own show called DLC, where it could be top 10s, modern day gaming reviews or gaming events. Now normally I do a bit of a sneak peek, but for episode 72 I decided to do my top 10 gaming noises. And actually no, no, I will do a sneak peek and I'll do the sneak peek as one of the comments which got said because it was a disgraceful comment and I think it should be mentioned. Captain N says, The worst was when Grandpa was in the hospital and I had to charge my phone, so I pulled out a plug when it was all gurgles and wheezes. So annoying. Good thing it didn't last long. RIP, Grandpa, but I was at 89%. It's very important in this day and age. We're at 100% at all times because you never know. You never know when you might not need to, might need to charge your phone again. Sorry, Grandpa. <laughs> Next week for episode 73, we are going to be doing the top 10 most important characters that were added to Smash Brothers. Because I like Smash Brothers. I do. And I think with all the guest characters that got added in, some of them were important. Some of them were like, meh. But I think there were some that were like, wow, actually, that's a really good decision to put that character in. Now, to also let you know that 5% of all the Patreon fund each month goes to a charity called uh, Get Well Gamers. And they help provide games and consoles to 150 children's wards across the UK. And so far, we've only raised about 70 cents Australian, which I know isn't much, but hopefully this is going to grow and grow and grow, and we can get to the stage where we can donate games and consoles very regularly. Additionally, I do YouTube. I do YouTube um, big one-hour documentaries. I call them documentaries. That's a, that's a bold way to say. But if I get any money from that, again, 5% of the Patreon will go to that. So if you are on YouTube, please just go over and subscribe. It takes 10 seconds. You don't have to do anything. Just hit subscribe. That's it. No money, no nothing. Just hit subscribe because that really helps push that as well. If you do have any old games you do want to donate directly, the link for the charity is in the description. I think they'd really appreciate it. If you've got any Lego games, I think that's what we're going to be focusing on. Now, what else do you get for your money? Well, you get the chance to access our own Discord. You get the chance to message me one-on-one. Take part in all our shows of 16 Bits of Nonsense, Survival Die, DLC, or comment on a game of the week. And I'll probably butcher your names like our newest Patreon member. Welcome to the Smut Squad, Standard Ass Brian. That, that's his name. I'm not calling him a Standard Ass. But Standard Ass Brian has now joined the Smut Squad. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Do not let the rest of, do not let the rest of them corrupt you. That's all I should say, because they're horrific human beings. Okay, let's move on to our first section, which is our first Patreon section, and our letter section. We call it 16 Bits of Nonsense. <music> 16 Bits of Nonsense is where you guys can pretty much ask me whatever you want, and I'll do my best to answer. Keith Gasper says, do Yoshi have teeth? Actually, that's a good thought. If not, do you, did you do you think they used to? I'd like to think at one point they did because they saw it as an evolutionary advantage to just throat everything as a means of keeping productive. Yoshi is the throat goat. <laughs> oh, that can be taken in so many ways and you lot know it. You lot absolutely know Did Yoshis have teeth? No, I'm going to say they didn't. I'm going to say Yoshi's Russell evolved, that's me, uh, evolved from a frog. I think they evolved from like a frog um, sort of creature. 
And then when they... I know they're meant to be a dinosaur, but look, you look at, like, lizards. They use their tongues like chameleons. They don't have teeth. I'm sure they don't. Pretty sure those things don't have teeth. Frogs don't have teeth. They use their tongue and they gobble up that shit. Although toads don't. Toads just go... Blah. But frogs, they use their tongue and they just swallow it. So I'm going to go with the idea that it came from a frog. It got bigger legs lost oh no he kept his arms didn't he because he just keeps them in i just think that's where he came from is he the, the throat goat he's a throat goat because he's got the biggest mouth you know frogs eat shit which is quite big as well and i imagine if you increase the size of a frog you're gonna be saying that's the throat goat but i know exactly what you mean when we're talking about this you smutty smutty person so i don't know if you go to a website and start looking at the corn, there's probably a few people that'll be able to do similar feats to Yoshi. But I'm not telling you what to search on the internet. And corn, yeah, corn, people, corn. Raging Demon says, Tekken 8 comes out on Australia Day, which we passed, and that's awesome. I will have Vegemite on toast for breakfast, eat lamb for dinner, drink VB, watch cricket, and play Tekken 8 as much as I'm allowed. You know it makes sense, I'm Raging Demon. Oh, and Captain N couldn't agree more. Of course he couldn't. Oh, and very long PS, please rename Survival Die, Triumphal Die. I like Street Fighter Alpha 3, so it's a great nod to that series. I know you are reasonable at times, despite your prejudice towards the Saturn, who hurt you, Danny, many. It's okay, just please know the Lord Saturn is there for you. Um, actually, that's actually not a bad idea. Triumph or die! The problem is... Actually... That's a yeah. Oh. No, because Triumph or Die makes it sound like they won. They 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 won a competition against each other. Survive or Die is basically you just survived. You survived the encounter. But I know what you mean. Street Fighter, and I consider the PlayStation version. We we talked about the PS. Me and you talked about the PS3 version. We talk about the Saturn version, not the PlayStation 3 version. Then you start. Now, it's going to stay a survival die. I am reasonable, but then you started going on and on about how Lord Saturn is there for me. I don't care about Lord Saturn. And yes, Tekken 8 is out. I do have that game. I haven't had a chance to play it as of yet, but I do have it. And yes, if you, for those who aren't Australian, Vegemite on toast. Oh, God, Vegemite is disgraceful. Like, I have to make it for the daughter. She likes Vegemite with butter. And I, oh, veggie, but, um, veggie butter. And I have to mix it all up. Oh, the smell. It's just disgraceful and lamb the whole thing with lamb is that uh, there's a common thing with on australia day new zealand produce a lamb advert and it's usually freaking hilarious uh, i haven't seen this i know air uh, raging i know you've sent me i will watch it um that he always produced quite funny episodes so it's just a little bit of a dig they have at us um australians i could say that now and yes i watch cricket I did watch the cricket, and we were texting each other because I got to watch in Australia playing West Indies, and ha ha ha! Well, in West Indies, absolutely uh, amazing, Joseph. So I, this is little things, and then I got to watch a bit of England beat India. And I was like, <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna annoy. You. I know India to world sport, but come on, England were awesome that day. Ah, fantastic. Chris Copleen says, Chuck's satinly smutty dud. Riddle me this. I don't have a riddle. But I'll be starting any comments with that here for a little while. It'll be fun. Anyway, glad you're interested in Battle Monsters. Look forward to the three-way. No! Oh, I did say I might be interested in it. That's not a given. That's not a given. I haven't reached out to my friend, Justin. 
This <laughs> is still weird saying that. I haven't reached out to him. Because I'm hoping to have him back for Marvel vs. Capcom 2. And he agreed to that. So I don't want to get rid of any goodwill by saying, Do you want to come on the show and talk about that shit game Battle Monsters? Uh, fuck. I need to know how to word that, don't I? Justin, I know you're listening, so... Um, <laughs> fuck. Oh, God. Maybe I can get Max to do it. Oh, God, if I got to speak... I got, I've had I've had Adam. That's one goal. And Max is the goal. Max is the YouTube goal. And, oh, my God, I think I'd cry tears of joy if I ever got to speak to Max. But, you know, we build. We build and we grow and we see what happens. Captain N says, Dear Retro Wars, in the spirit of com- camaraderie... Oh, I said that word. I'd like to extend a simple challenge to you. With your knowledge of your favourite, and in one case, least favourite Patreons... Pick three of us to challenge towards the challenge in the game to the death. The rules are simple. You pick the video game and decide who will be your challenger. Loser dies, so you both have to want to live. Oh, loser dies, so you have you have you both have to want to live and murder your friends. May the odds be forever in your favour. Okay. So who do I basically pick? I get to pick three of you to challenge you in a game of death. Um I'll I will pick. I want my original skill returned to me. And I will pick Smash Brothers on the N64, the original one. Holy shit, I will take you fuckers on. And I'll pick... Um, Captain, uh, Captain N, I need you because the site will disappear. Chris, you're definitely being... You're, I'm just going after you straight away. I'm like that scene from... Um, is it Vince Vaughn who just picks someone up? In Anchorman, and he just goes, you! So that's what's... Oh, no, is it... Oh, no, it's not Vince Vaughn. It's Chuck. It's Chuck, isn't it? He throws someone, he goes, points, and goes, you! So that's what's going to happen straight away. Chris Coppolin is going, who do I pick as second people? Um... Hmm... Blame the hoagie man, because I'm adamant he's trying to take over the show. Uh, (laughs) And third, I'll pick Shaddock. Shaddock, just because I imagine Shaddock will be wanting to produce, want me to read a novel. It ain't happening. I love you, Shaddock, but I'm not reading a novel. Because I've got so little time as it is. I ain't reading it. So I'm taking you three to the death arena. And I will take you bastards on. Me and Pikachu will absolutely run riot. And to say I'll run riot, I used to play Smash Bros. on the N64 with my brother and his mates. And he had three mates who were quite good at it. Well, so two mates who were quite good at it, including himself. And I would take all three on. I'd take on Luigi. I would take on Link. And I think Sean used to use Mario. I can't remember. But I would take all three of them on as Pikachu. Nine stacks each. And I would batter them. Because Pikachu is the goat. He's so broken in the N64 version. If he was, he could literally get to the edge of the level. Backflip someone really quick in. He can escape. His up B, his escape is ridiculous. And you can move in two directions. And I had that down. I'm not saying my skill is there now. I, I t- ugh, no, I, I doubt it is. But N64, I would just dominate you. I'm sorry. It, it's that. It has to be. Ah, it's nice to kill people, isn't it? Okay, Storm Beagle also. That final question. Danny... Last week you said Contra Hardcore is a banger. Do you often refer to your games? Do you often refer to games you like as a sausage? And is that common parlance in the UK? I, for one, definitely think this game's week is a big juicy sausage. Now, I <laughs> yes, if you're not for, um, not aware, a banger is a sausage. Bangers and mash. Oh, mashed potato. 
if anyone gets mush potato as a reference, I love you so much. Um, yeah, <laughs> it is a banger. But no, we don't offer. We mean it in a separate term. We don't just think, "Ooh, sausage." But if you are going to describe Advanced Wars as a sausage, yes, it's a big, juicy Cumberland sausage. Ooh, with a bit sprink bit of like herbs sprinkled in. Ooh, get that in some mashed potato. Mashed potato. Um, swear to God, if anyone gets that, I'll be so happy. If that's in the comments for the next section. If anyone can get that reference. Uh, no, that should be the review. If, if anyone can get no mashed potato reference, put it in the reviews. Put that in the reviews. And I'll be very impressed if you can all guess what that's from. That's it. What What do you think it's from? I want to see if anyone gets the winning answer. That's what I should do. Put a question or a reference up each week. And in the reviews, see if anybody can get it. Shh, there we go. So there's your reference. Can you guess where the reference mashed potato comes from? Uh, in a, I'll give you a clue. It's a kid's TV show. There you go. There's your clue. I want to see it in there. All right. So there are your questions. <laughs> Thank you very much for... I love 60 Bits of Nonsense. You just never know what you're going to get. Okay, let's move into our letter sec... No, no, no. Come on. Let's move into our news section, which we call Patch 102. Patch 102 is our new section where I've been looking at what's been going on in the world of gaming and sprinkle my thoughts about it. And there's only one thing we're going to talk about. Well, we will talk about that. And it's Pal World. That's the big story we need to talk about. We really do need to talk about Pal World. This thing is, is immense how big this has gotten. It is a massive hit. And it is a Pokemon-inspired crafting game. Now, at the time of, of me finding this, it sold over 7 million copies. And it done this in five days on the PC. That is impressive. So Microsoft haven't said what their sale figures are, the download on Game Pass. So this is just on PC. So that is mental, which means it's made. Its figures are $189 million in five days. That is insane insane so well done to them but it isn't a pokemon game it just has a pokemon inspired aesthetic it is not a pokemon game at all it's more of a survival game make that very clear but oh when you think about the copyright stuff there look i know it doesn't follow pokemon it doesn't but they kind of have them in balls like pokeballs but when you look at some of those designs i'm like yeah, that's 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 cobalt. Like this, that's a salamance. It's like I cannot, I cannot not see a Pokemon in there. You honestly look at some of the designs that they're putting up, and like side by side, and you're like, Ugh. it's one of those. Don't let me copy it. You know, can I copy your homework? Okay, don't copy it completely. Oh, I don't know what to make of that, and I know the Pokemon Company have actually come out with a their own thing and say they keep an eyes on it. I imagine they're 100% in touch with the legal teams. They will be in touch with the legal teams about this because some of them are so close to the bone. Like, it isn't a Pokemon game, but some of the designs are so close to the bone. It's like, blah, 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 blah. And I kind of feel that's kind of indefensible. I, I, I don't know copyright law so much, but you look at, like, Digimon or anything like that, they're very clear. Like, their monsters look nothing like Pokemon. 
Like, yeah, there's there's cutesy versions. You know, you look at them like Agamon, very cute and stuff like that. And eventually, obviously, Greymon, War Greymon. But that Agamon, when you look at that, you clearly go, that is separate to Pokemon. It's not a Pokemon. You can't mistake that for a Pokemon. And it doesn't, that's the, the most important thing is it doesn't resemble anything else that is a Pokemon. None of the other Pokemon, uh, Digimon desires, you can go, ah, that looks like that Pokemon, like, completely. You look at some of them in here and you go, that looks like Salamence, that looks like Cobalt. It, it's, I don't know, someone's going to have to have a look at that. However, what I have been seeing is there have been, I think, the people who came out, uh, who made it, um, so this is Pocket Pair, they've come out and said that people have started harassing the development team and actually sending death threats. No, don't do that. That's horrific. Just because there's there may be some, you know, copying, pasting over Pokemon. Don't send death threats. What are you doing? So I hope anyone who does send it a death threat, I generally mean hope they get done. Hope the law comes down on them heavy because that's outrageous. You'd never do that. You'd never go up to anyone at the place of work and go, I hope you die. I'm going to kill you. That's just disgusting. Who do you think you fucking are? Who raised you? Who who raised you? I've stolen that from somewhere else, but it's a perfectly suitable line here. Hey, for God's sake, they're doing the job at the end of the day. They're being instructed to do. Here's your instruction. Do this. So shut up. People are doing that. Fucking knobheads. But what I did think, you know, talk about the copyright thing, I thought it was quite funny. There was a YouTuber mod, uh, a YouTuber, uh, sorry, a mod called, mod called Toasted Chews, and he's modded the game already. He's modded Pal World, and he put Ash Ketchum and Misty in it. And so you see Ash Ketchum going around, Misty's got a gun, so Ash is going around with Pikachu, and he's put Pokemon over the top of it, actual Pokemon. And no doubt this has had to be taken off. I was like, oh, it's been taken off. No, Nintendo have said uh, DMCA over it. <laughs> so they're not, they're, they're keeping an eye on this. But I kind of think, what were you expecting? What were you expecting? Nintendo and the Pokemon company are already going to be hot on the trigger for this one. Then you go send that out, you moron. <laughs> Funny as it is, it's like, what did you freaking expect? Oh, Jesus Christ. They were always going to come down heavy on shit like that. Now, talking about Nintendo coming down heavy on stuff, they have decided, and it's happened, um, 3DS and Wii U online servers will officially be ending on April the 8th. So the shop is already closed on like, the 3DS. That's already gone, but they're actually going to be closing the servers. Um, so any co- cooperative play, internet rankings, uh, there's going to be some, but... <sighs> Some exceptions, but most of it's going. Which is a shame. And you want to see it, but... I don't know. It's not good. I understand why they've got to do it, because they can't have everything forever. forever. And in reality, they're probably trying to save some space up for the Switch 2. That's what it probably is. And these things cost money. It's like, how much is this costing, and how many people are actually using these services? But it's just a bit... It's a shame. Because I know a lot of people will be, want to play these games, like 3DS games. They might want to still play that online to not have that availability. Sucks, but unfortunately, times move on. Times, they are a-changing everybody. So, yeah, enjoy your 3DS and your Wii U online if anyone has one. Because um, it's coming to an end. All right, okay, what else are we going on to the news? Well, this this what else is coming to an end? Get comfortable about not owning your games. So owning your own games apparently is not going to be a thing, according to Ubisoft's director, um, Felipe Tremblay. And basically, we need to get used to the idea. Uh, and he's 
basically talking about look at what's happened with CDs and DVDs and Blu-rays. They've gone effectively. They've gone because we've now got streaming services such as Spotify and Netflix. So he came out and said one of the things we saw that gamers are used to a bit like DVD is having and owning their games. That's the consumer shift that needs to happen. They got comfortable not owning their CD collection or DVD collection. That's a transformation that has been a bit slower in games. And he said, despite the lack of gain ownership, yeah. He said, I still have two box of DVDs. I definitely understand the gamer's perspective on that. But as people embrace that model, they'll see these games exist and the service will continue and you'll be able to access them when you feel like that's reassuring. I don't know how people are going to feel about that because people do. DVDs is one thing, but gamers have a real attachment to their actual physical thing to look at, their physical collection. I know what he's saying. I know that's potentially going to happen. I know the Stadia tried too early. It probably will do at some point. I know Xbox are probably going to start phasing out all their physical copies. But people like having them. They they do. They, they like box arts and stuff like that. They just look cool. Like, I've got the Tekken 8 one. I was like, yeah, it looks so cool holding it in my hand. I don't want to play that digitally. I want to play that on the disc. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, I don't want that digitally. I want to own the disc. I want to have it up there with all the other Final Fantasy games that are in the UK. But it just looks cool. Like, I used to have all my Final Fantasy games, like, by my TV lined up. Because they were cool. I wouldn't want to see it digital. Like, I know that, you know, 50 years time, we will be there. I can't see it in 50 years. But shut up, Philippe. Philippe, shut up. Go back to making games which get half price in, like, 10 minutes. Leave us alone. Leave our games alone. Ah, a few more stories. Okay, so, stuff we should be leaving alone. Apparently, the the um, director, or the actor, I should say, for Halo, his basis is Pablo Shrebler. Shrebler, if I pronounce that correctly. He's doubled down on the decision and further discussing why he believes it's in the best interest of storytelling heading into Season 2 for why the Master Chief removed his helmet. And a lot of people are like, Oh my God, no, he's not meant to take his helmet off. And he came out and said, people who don't feel the helmet was necessary to come off, they're at such an early conception of what the show could be. In order to examine the discrepancy between the two versions of the character, Chief and John 117, you can't tell that story without taking the helmet off. Yeah, I, I get it. I get why I had to come off, because when in Halo, essentially, you represent the soldier, you, you put yourself behind there. But it's very different if you're telling a TV so story when you're trying to actually get maybe character developments or you're trying to get those really emotional moments, which wouldn't have the same weight if you had a helmet on the whole time. Like, I don't know if he's meant to have a love interest. Imagine that that scene's going to happen and there's just Master Chief with his helmet on the whole time. I've not seen season one of Halo, so I can't comment if it was actually a good thing or not. Maybe we do need to see season two come out first before we actually make any you know decisions and judgments whether that was the right idea or not. But people who have seen it, let me know whether that's a good idea or not. I will listen to you guys as always. Now, remember we talked about the Van Gogh Museum. They had that crossover with Pokemon and it became an absolute shit show because scalpers went in there. Well, apparently uh, there's been misconduct claims that about four employees have been sacked. Um, one of them had spent 25 years there. So and another one apparently stole a whole box of the cars during the special exhibit. It, greed does amazing things to people. It does amazing, sad things to people. I get it was so big, but fucking hell. 
is when temptation's there, are people going to take that opportunity? But it's not like the McDonald's ones. These Van Gogh ones are selling for a lot of money to just steal a whole box. You know, the temptation's there. So it's like anyone who works at the Pokemon company. I wonder, you know, when they actually print out the trading cards. Uh, there must be so so much temptation there. Like you're printing off, you know, thousands of Charizards just to go, whoop, I'll have one. Whoop, I'll have one. Whoop. They must check people. They've got to. They've got to check people. Otherwise, it'd be a shit show. Oh, what, to work it? Does anyone actually know that? If you work in a printing factory, does they do they check? They, they Surely they do. Surely. Although, I would love to see them being made. That'd be cool. Finally, last story. Carl Urban has wrapped up Mortal Kombat 2 and has been hyping it up. So, yes, Carl Urban is currently in Australia at the moment and making he the second Mortal Kombat film. He's playing Johnny Cage. And he's come out and said, hands down, the most action-packed fun I've ever had in a film. Can't wait for you all to see it. It's nuts not to say when it's coming out. He just says he enjoys it. Now, I'm looking forward to Mortal Kombat 2. At least Mortal Kombat 1 tried. Okay, it did try. So we will go out to the cinema. I'll see if I can find somebody who will want to go watch that with me. Otherwise, I'll just go by myself. I don't care. Because no kids are going to be seeing that, are they? It's like, you know, come watch Luke Kang get his head ripped off. It's not happening. Kids aren't being allowed to see that. So I am looking forward to watching that. Okay, that is the end of the news. Let's move into our free section, which we call Stick It Up Your Jinjo. Uh So Stick It Up Your Ginger is our free section where I ask you guys what exactly has been your gaming achievement and what has been your gaming frustration. This is free for everybody to do this and I often put the messages out on a few like over 30 groups on um, like retro Facebook because that's the best way of doing it. A lot of people and we got some comments and don't worry if you don't hear a comment this week I keep a record of them all so you will hear them at some point. David Southern says Destiny 2 Desperate Measures mission. I knocked off the edge again, and I'm going to screen. So I assume you got knocked off the edge. Um, is it? I, I take it from your frustration because you put angry face, angry face, chuckle face, that you've been doing that mission for a lot, a lot, and it takes a while. See, that would piss me off. It's like when you play any sort of like um, Souls game, and you're like, "Come on, I'm going to do this fucking boss." It's taking me fucking ages to get. You're, like, you're a fucking fucking dickhead. Like, the moment you walk into a room, and you just get is someone hits you off or you're doing um the the oh, I can't remember what the tower's called zen's fortress that ah, see i remembered it and you literally just trying to do the first bit we're trying to cross over the bridges with the and uh, this the this what would you call them like blades swinging blades like fucking you fall and you're like, fuck 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 because there's all sorts of death waiting for you below it's like oh i'm not getting involved in that one bit I will not be going down there, not for shits and giggles, but you just curse. And then when you try to do the second lot of swinging blades and there's a snake guy firing bow and arrow, you're like, you little prick, fuck off. So I get it. Dan Trout says, win, get into the hand of the king in dead cells. Fall, oh sorry, fail, constantly losing to the hand of the king in dead cells. <laughs> I've not played dead cells. Do I need to play this game? I do love a good, like, Metroidvania, and I know they've got the Castlevania patch in it as well. I'm like, oh, 
the hand. Oh, so that sounds like it's a bit bastard. But the thing is, Dan, just keep grinding. Keep grinding, grinding, grinding. I know it sucks. I know it's a pain in the ass getting beat a million times. But the satisfaction when you beat him will be so good. I remember when I was playing Hollow Knight. And I was fighting like, a lot of the bosses on there. And they're so annoying. But every time you do one, you're like, fucking fuck you. And you feel like an absolute god. So please keep going down. Let me know if you do it. Brian Ballock says... Nothing this week, but Friday I picked up a 27 Panasonic CT27SX12F CRTV, and I beat Legend of Zelda for the first time. Now, I assume you're talking about the original Legend of Zelda. Well done! Although that's a bit of a mouthful with the Panasonic, I'm quite impressed I managed to get that all in one cut. I did, I did. So, I haven't had a CRTV. I think I need to go to my mum's house back in the UK, because she still has one. My mother still works in the days of VHS. It's disgraceful. I walk in, I'm like, Mum, would you get a better TV? No, no, no. I like my VCRs. Like, fucking hell. If I get them donated to me in the will, Mum, I'm going to be so annoyed. I probably will, out of spite. Said, you can look after my whole Stargate generation. No, Star... Oh, hang on, no, no, Star Trek generation. I know, I know, I know. Stargate SG-1 was a separate thing. I just got it mixed up. Calm down. But I just know my mum would be like, here you go, have them, look after them. Like, whoop, <laughs> whoop, straight in the bin. Sorry, mum, I could straighten that shit. Finally, Thomas Davis says, win. I've been playing Golden Sun again, which holds a deep-seated nostalgia for me, as I got it as a Christmas gift when I was a kid and frustrated. Yeah, look, Golden Sun, I finished it. I, I, I played it when I was on the plane. This is, again, this is a while ago. Go back to UK. It's over a year ago. So we are getting an episode of Golden Sun. We do have the guest lined up for Golden Sun. And to give a bit of a hint, she needs to get on with it. <laughs> Love you. Uh, she needs to get on with it. And when she's finished, she'll be back. And she will get that done. So that's been blanked out for her for a long time. So we will have that episode. So I'm looking forward to covering the game. Frustration. Passing out twice while playing Yakuza 5 and waking up in a panic and turning off this game. There's no autosave, so I lost a bunch of progress twice. Oh, no. No, yeah, that suck. Yeah, but at least there's no autosave. So, yeah, at least at least you're not, like, you can just probably go back to where you were rather than lose your progress. That would suck. Most modern day games, like, did you save? Unlucky, I did it for you, bitch. Like, no. Don't do that, you bastard, no. Or, or are you frustrated because you have lost the progress? You weren't on a boss, you were just normally through the game. Because that would suck. Yeah, that would suck. That's like playing an old school platformer. Yeah, that would suck ass. So yeah, I can appreciate that. Yeah, you play like a Legend of Zelda or something like that. And then you lose loads of, oh yeah, that would suck balls. Yeah, fuck me, I've had that done many a time. Don't you worry, Sunshine, I've had that done so much. All right, thank you very much for all your submissions. Let's move into our final Patreon game, which we call Survive. No, do you know what? For this week, for this week only, we will call it Triumph or Die. Hey, listen. Triumph or Die is our little game that we like to play each week where we get two games, franchises, it could be characters, and we have them usually 
dealt by by Mr. Jeffrey D. Morgan, who is standing there in an earthworm gym suit armed with Shao Kahn's hammer. As we are talking war, we will be talking about two games which cover war themes. Worms or Hogs of War. Two party games where you get your little team and try and destroy the other team. Now, Worms came out for quite older consoles, whereas, such as, like, I think it came out for the Amiga, it came out for the Mega Drive, whereas Hogs of War came out for the PlayStation 1. I admit, my experience of Hogs of War is very limited, my little brother Phil, he did buy this game and did enjoy it. I only had a spare little go on it because he was like, that was my game, you're not playing it, bastard, fuck off, you're adopted, you're a test you baby. So that's essentially how my relationship with my brother was growing up. But I gave you guys the chance to read, and I will be swayed if necessary, because Worms is where I'm heading, but I will be swayed. Let's see if I can have Worms to survive, I should say. Let's let's listen to your comments. We've got quite a few comments this week, and I will hear them. Raging Demon says, I don't know Hogs of War, but I played the shit out of Worms, the Mega Drive, PSX, and believe it or not, on my Nokia 90, N95 phone. Well, did you play it on a calculator? Did you play it on a calculator? Did you play it on your oven? Did you play it on your fridge? Not good enough unless you did. Worm survives, and I can't decide whether it uses the Holy Hand Grenade, the great Monty Python reference. Ah, oh, the Holy Hand Grenade. The Banana Bomb, or the hilarious Shuriken. I guess the Earthworm Jim Power Suit is appropriate for this task, so one of the hilariously named worms can hop into that and splat hogs of war with the Shao Kahn Hammer. That's a good point. They could do that. I didn't think of that. I don't know if they could all get in, but one of them could certainly get in. Captain N says, I've never heard of hogs, so it can die. Do you mean you've never heard of hogs? It's a pig. It's a moron. It's a pig. It'd probably die anyway because I have so many good memories of worms. From my first introduction in the genre Scorched Earth, worms carried out on turn-based ba- based battle with friends and both made alliances and ruined friendships. Holy shit, did it lose friendships. You can't kill all my team. Oh, no, don't do that. Oh, yeah. Mom, he's killing my worm. Mom, he's playing with my worm. <sighs> the smut squad. Yeah, so... <laughs> Chris Copleen says, Danny, I'm killing worms. Oh, straight away. Now, I have no idea what Hogs of War is. And I think I played Worms and enjoyed it. But you didn't say anything about Worms when I covered it in the Prey Saddle channel in your Discord, available only into Patreons. I didn't put that, he did. You didn't have to say about how great the Saturn version was. You could have said, Oi, what is Worms doing on the Saturn? Yeah. Me thinks it should be on the Amiga or some shite. What a disgrace the cunt's letter on that piece of shite. Yeah. Love me some Worms. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. Exactly. But you didn't. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to say that. The only person who did was Captain N, and he loves worms. But this is in Retrotopia, which is a retro gaming podcast. You can check out any podcast carrier with about retro video games hosted by Captain M and Storm Beagle, who did give a Saturn emoji for worms. Are we just giving plugs out to each other's show now? Are we just like, oh, let's just... Why don't we go through them all, shall we? Let's go to the main quest with Keith. Uh, he hasn't had a plug for a while. Let's go there. Let's go to the command list podcast. Let's all go there. You know, fuck my show. Jump to everybody else's. I'm just the little stopgap between you get to the main course. Is that how you lot view me now? Jesus Christ. I'm not here to boost your own careers. <sighs> Chris continues. This is Retro Wars. So while Captain N stood up for worms, no one else did. MG did talk about his wormy balls for what it's worth. No, that doesn't count. Maybe maybe if more people defended it by going to your Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash RetroWars and use the Discord benefits and defended it in the Praise Saturn channel. See, that I, I didn't write that. He did. Only so he can get you on the Saturn, the Praise Saturn channel. 
So he has an ulterior motive. He's not trying to help me. He's trying to help himself. He continues. Worms could survive. But I wanted your valid... valid, valid I can't, don't put big words in front of the dyslexic person. I am generally dyslexic. Before anyone has a go. Wanted your validation. There we go. And you couldn't muster it. I'm so sorry, Worms. You can die. So you're basically... You, you're pissed off at Worms. Because I didn't mention it as a Saturn game. Well, that's on you. Tough titty. Storm Beagle says, according to Google, there is a Hogs of War miniature tabletop game, and the box art is an exact ripoff of the Advanced War box art. For that reason alone, Worms could die. Is it? Is it? Let's Google that shit. Oh, holy shit it is. I've got it up here. That is... Oh my god, they even put... This is in this is in the website I've seen. Command your Hog Forces in this Advanced Wars meets X-Wing skirmish game. What the fuck? That... How is that? Is such a ripoff? Jesus Christ! I think Advance Wars wants their art walk back. Just for that, I'm with you, Storm. I'm with you. For that reason alone, you die. I know I would have gone with Worms anyway to survive, but no Hogs of War. And for this episode, I am allowing one of the Worms to get in the suit, and it's getting its brain smashed in. So thank you very much, guys. I really do appreciate all the comments. Now, what have I been getting into before we get into the main episode? Well, we've had Australia Day. Uh, Australia Day is our national holiday. I know there's a lot of controversy around this, but I celebrate it. Um, and, well, normally I go to a friend's house and we have a few drinks, but it was so hot. It was 40 degrees here in Sydney, the Sydney region. It was sort of Central Coast region, and say. It was absolutely disgusting. So we stayed in and we invited a friend and their family around. And we just stayed in and the kids had fun while me and Nick. So you remember my remember Nick, he came and did the Street Fighter 2 episode. He is our um, professional editor. He, he, he often won't talk. Up, he never talks about current projects with me because he's like, you're the press, I can't talk to you. But Nick is going to come back on the show at some point. And yeah, we just had a really nice day. The kids had a good time. Dog was really well behaved. Well done, Pat. He was very well behaved. But it was really good fun. Um, what else did we do? What else did we do? Oh, I want to watch the Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble this weekend. I know there's all the shit going on with Vince. I'm not going into that because it's just outrageous. Uh, I did enjoy the Royal Rumble, but for the first time, I enjoyed the Women's Rumble more than the Men's. I thought the Women's Rumble was really good. It had uh, there were a few botches for, for, for both, but I thought the Women's Rumble had more drama. I thought it was funny. Uh, Chelsea Green was getting um, absolutely sandwiched. She was like that one, like uh, getting battered by everybody, and. It was like time after time she's getting battered and squished and she's taking it so well. The performance was incredible. But there were some really cool characters like Jade Cargill had come from... She came from AEW. The moment she walked in, she looked a badass. I was like, holy shit, she is... That is like a Greek goddess body. Like not me being pervy. That's me appreciating her body. It's like, wow, that is some work. Christ. So I really enjoyed it. The men's was like, okay. It was all right. Drew did not win. Drew McIntyre. Drew. But I, you know, I'm looking forward to Rumble. So I'm looking forward to WrestleMania in a few months, and I'll be going to a friend's house to watch that. So, yeah, that's all I'm going to say on that. And, yeah, Vince can fuck right off. Ugh. Ugh. All I can say is look at those text messages. Just look at the report. It makes you disgusted. <sighs> okay, what have I been playing? Well, I've been playing quite a lot. I finished Dragon Quest 3. That is done. I finished out on the Super Nintendo version. Completed that the other day. Really enjoyed it. And I've managed to blitz through Yu-Gi-Oh! The Sacred Cards on the Game Boy Advance. We get an episode of that coming. And Sonic Spinball for the Mega Drive. I've managed to finish that. I don't have a guest for that, so somebody can grab that if somebody wants that one. 
Uh, and I'm now also playing Shadow of the Beast on the Mega Drive. And holy shit, that's difficult. That is getting recorded this week. So we've got a lot going on for the show. We really do. Right, I've been talking for a long time. We're going to go to some Advanced Wars. Before we get into the main game, I wanted to give you guys a chance on Patreon to give your thoughts in. Captain N says, it's a war, but advanced, and I couldn't agree more. Very clever. Very clever. Storm Beagle says, I fucking love this game. I didn't get to play it until it came out on the Switch, but when I did, I dove right in. Some of those battles just click with you and you end up with an S rank, but it's funny how no matter what, you'll always find that one that's a challenge for you. The game overall isn't too tough, but hard enough to be a lot of fun, and the battles, the final battle is so epic. Damn right the final battle is so epic. We go into that. The final battle in this game is so good. It's brilliant. I such a bore with this game. But that is enough. That is enough for me talking. It is time to play the game and talk about this with Eric from the Unlockables podcast. Please give the guy a follow. Please go listen to his show. And we had a ball. We had a ball talking about this one. And I am really looking forward to playing the second one just from playing it. And this chat alone, I cannot wait for the second. So I'm going to play some music. And when I come back, me and Eric from the Unlockable Podcast are going to be talking Advance Wars, which came out in Europe for the Game Boy Advance on January the 11th, 2002. Fuck me, I'm old. Returning to the show once more is Eric from the Unlockables podcast. How are you? Danny, I'm doing good, sir. Thanks for having me back on. I really appreciate it. Had a blast last time and uh, probably going to be a blast this time. You, you are you like like an excited puppy with this one. You're like, oh, I do I want to do this game. I want to do this game. I want to do this one. Because you were so happy when we, you said what we were going to be doing. Yeah, when you asked me to do this one, well, I think it was um, we the last one we did was, was Kirby Superstar, and we've been trying for a while to get in touch with that one. And then uh, Chris, I think it was in his Discord, the Retro Hangover Discord, tagged me and was like, "Hey, Danny needs somebody to, to talk Advance Wars," and uh, I guess I'm kind of known as like the Advance Wars guy amongst that community. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, "Oh yeah, like Danny and I have already talked," and he's like, "Oh okay." So <laughs> it made an easy fit, and I just finished Advance Wars uh, because I feel like. Why I thought, you know what? I want to play this game. I want to give it a go. I've never played it. I've always seen it. And I played the Game Boy Advance version. And you know what? I fucking loved it. It was a good little game, wasn't it? Uh, I I definitely think so. To this day, it's it's one of my uh one of my favorite games of all time. I remember very distinctly the the first time I saw it, one of my, my best friends who who's still my best friend to this day, he showed it to me. And uh, when I, I think it was probably the year it came out, 2001 or 2002. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, I, I got to get this for, for my Game Boy. It's a no-brainer. So um, funny story about that. We, we had a, a garage sale at my, my, my parents' house when I was living with them when I was little. Because, of course, I was. Like, they can't have a little kid out on the street. That would be no good. Um, mm. But uh, I had, like, a little, like, lemonade and snack stand while people were, were coming up for, like, the garage sale they were having. My mom was like, okay, if you make enough money, like, we can go and get the game that you want. So I, I paid for this game by myself by selling lemonade and cookies at my parents garage sale so it holds a very special place in my heart (laughs) that's so cute (laughs) i know it's like little like nine ten year old me (laughs) to be fair i I remember my memory of like that i remember me and my mom used to give us pocket money and it was wasn't much it was like about two pound a week and me and my brother saved up so all our pocket money 
I remember she picked us up from school one day and she said, don't worry, the game is at home. And that game, Lion King on the Mega Drive. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Let's go. That's a good one. (laughs) It's like all the games, all Lion King. But uh, back then, though, like when you're that when you're yet young, that's a lot of money every week. You're like, whoa, I have all the money in the world. And then when you get older, you realize, oh, that's actually not shit at all. That's no money at all. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like being as an adult now, you're able to just drop money whenever you want. Like, oh, I'll buy a game. Okay. Yeah. Like I just bought um, Sonic Origins Plus. I was like, oh, yeah. Ah. But as a kid, like if my little one went, oh, daddy, can I have a game? Fuck off. No. Right. Not getting you're a game. Able to- you're only able to get a couple a year, whether it was like maybe birthdays or, yeah, you'd have to save up your money to get one or two games. So, yeah, it better have been a good game. That was a monumental decision because that was probably all of most of your money for the year. Yeah. And I look back now, if I had the chance as a kid, whether I want to get Lion King or Advance Wars, I'd definitely <laughs> be picking Advance Wars. Holy shit, would I be picking Advance Wars all day long? Yeah, I think it's just a bit better, a bit better of a more finely tuned game. Lion King is, is very infamous. I had the, the SNES version. Uh, of Lion King, so I, I know know the pain that that game caused. <laughs> oh, fuck, it does. Now, we talk about Advance Wars, right? So, I looking back, I never had any memories of this, because I saw it, I was like, oh, I'm not sure if it's my type of game, because I wasn't in to that turn-based strategy game yet. I didn't really get into that until I played Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Right. And that was what got me into the genre. And now, because I'm basically, it has become my favorite type of genre, Advance Wars just basically, it was like putting on a fresh pair of glo- gloves or socks. It was like, ooh, it just, ooh, just felt so nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. nice, very nice. And I know there is the reboot, and the reboot camp is there, but I wanted to play the original. I thought, let's just give the original get- a go and see what that's going to be like. And there's a plot. There is a plot, <laughs> and it's a bit of, it, it's a bit stupid, really. <laughs> So there are four countries, uh, Orange Star, Blue Moon, Green Earth, Yellow Comet. And basically what's happened, there's, there's a guy in the background called Strum, who himself is a weird character who has like a gas mask on who goes, right. every time he does something cool. He has the ability to make clones and makes a clone of Andy, the main character, and basically sends him out to go confuse, weaken, and basically piss off the other countries so he can then storm in. That's the plot, basically. And and you play as Orange Star Andy, and basically everyone hates you. That's basically the plot. Everyone's like, you you did it, you you bastard. And he's like, the fuck, I'm a kid. Which is true, he's a kid. Literally. He did the rage. (laughs) Yeah, it's. Uh, I gotta commend them for trying to put, you know, some type of, of plot to this game. Uh, compared to its its sister series, Fire Emblem, the the plot is is shallow, shallow water for sure. Um, really, the plot just kind of serves as a segue to get you into the the specific campaign scenarios. So each mission is like a, uh, each mission in the campaign is like a part of the story, and you just go from battle to battle, basically fighting this war, like you said. Amongst all the nations, they're all mad because they think Andy was the one that attacked them all. When really, you're right, it was it was Sturm in the background, kind of kind of pulling the strings. And um, that story kind of uh, continues in, in its sequel, Vance Wars Two, and and in Dual Strike again. Narratively, you're not if you're coming to these games for the narrative, you're probably coming to them for for definitely yeah. the wrong the wrong reason do, for sure. Do not but. do that. Like, <laughs> it's not the game. Like I've just, I've just been I'm nearly finished Sacred Stones. 
and I look at our fire and sacred stones, and I'm literally about to go hit the last level, and I'm like I'm looking at the plots of both games, and like so, there's politics, there's deception, there's people coming back from the dead, then there's then there's advanced wars. So, right. <laughs> do yeah, I won't I won't hear that the advanced wars plot shit. It's stupid. It's that it's meant to be stupid. I think if it started getting all political with the way it presents itself as very colourful, very bright, it wouldn't wouldn't work. The plot's fine for what it needs to do. Right. And I think too it's I'm interesting. Not... Um, we we just had a uh, speaking of of Sturm specifically, and we get talked about characters a little bit. We're not nobody's really too like you said. He has kind of like a gas mask on. He's very robotic. Nobody really knows like what he is. It's I think it's accepted amongst the community that he's some kind of like alien from another world which is kind of topical because we just had a hearing uh u.s government that were there basically like oh yeah like aliens are, are probably real we probably have ufos so just kind of topical right there so we, we may be spiraling down the advance wars plot line uh in real life if aliens do in fact exist <laughs> imagine that the, the, the aliens that have got advance wars they've downloaded that again right this they is know. how we're going to conquer the earth <laughs> this is how we're going to do it <laughs> imagine if that would be our downfall i guess i guess uh, us player it would be up to us players to to save the planet then <laughs> oh that'd be great now <laughs> the gameplay of this yes if you've played a fire emblem game you played final fantasy tactics it is very similar in the sense of how you can move your characters about but you control uh, at the beginning you could you are the ceo the commanding officer andy he doesn't go into battle but he has basically a different range of troops of uh, units and you can basically send them into battle against basically an opposing and it's you it is always one either blue moon green earth or yellow comet and they come at different points of the game and basically yeah you they've got different units you've got different units and you've got to wipe them out and i thought okay we know the premise but what was what i thought was really cool about it was that all the different units were so cool. So you had like your little infantrymen, you had your cars, you had your tanks, you had your planes, you had your subs, you had your ones that could basically ferry people across. Like, this is so cool, there's so many different units. Yeah, it's a very stark contrast from, like I said, Sister Series Fire Emblem, where it's like basically all your dudes are... Our, our foot soldiers are are on horses, or, or even maybe even some of them have like flying mounts or stuff like that. But the uh, the variety of gameplay in Fire Emblem is very much on like characters leveling up and and that sort of thing in the relationships between characters. Whereas in Advance Wars, yeah, it's it's very much more about just like a tactical military game. None of the soldiers have names; they don't have stats. Uh, every unit that you build has ten hit points, and they do different things. And the commanding officer is really the only one that has any kind of like personality and they all have different personalities that i would say aren't super well fleshed out like their personalities but like andy's a kid he's kind of like a dumb kid but he just happens to be like a really good commander because you're playing him um but yeah the the variety of units uh make for such a a really deceptively deep tactical gameplay it's one of those games where it's easy to pick up and and dis- difficult to master um because there are so many variables whether like what maps you're playing on or or different COs that you have uh have different strengths so like Andy for example um Andy has no day-to-day weaknesses but he also has no day-to-day strengths he's just kind of like your average mm. um like the the your baseline CEO yeah 
Uh, and then like other characters you have, like Max comes in a little bit later. Max is your direct combat specialist and he had all of his direct units. So like your tanks, your, your units that you have to ha be, have next to an enemy unit to fire are, are like really strong. Uh, and then you have others like grit. Grit is really good with like your indirect units that can shoot from far away. So, uh, there's really a deep layer of like strategy there. And one of the hardest things, if you're coming from fire emblem to advance wars is like in fire emblem you never want your units to die because the character yes. like, that, that's what it's famous for you're like if your characters die they're they're gone um in advanced wars like it, it makes light of, of war in a way that's maybe a little bit questionable but uh it really your, your, does your units are completely replaceable like don't worry that unnamed soldier on the front lines use them to block that bridge get them blown away like doesn't matter you can just make more that's okay no problem <laughs> Yeah, you could just make more, put them on the front line. And that's what, that was the big thing about this. Okay, yeah, you are right. Fire Emblem has like that permadeath thing. And in Final Fantasy Tactics, you can revive somebody after so many turns. So it's fine. But in the, in this game, it's like, yeah, literally, you've got your 10, your 10 men and they'll go face a tank, just get all obliterated. And it's the way they, they, they literally fly off the screen. They don't, get, they don't die as in the sense of like, they go, Ugh. Right, they no like, blood. They, <laughs> No blood. They ping off the screen like, pew, and it's cool. But I always think like, okay, how many soldiers are dying in this war? And one of the one of the guys, I can't. Remember, it's the guy who basically likes the ships. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Drake. Yeah, Drake. And and he basically is like, I'm gonna go test them. I'm just gonna go test. See what they're like. It's like, hang on, right? You're that gonna was go like playing a game. <laughs> like you're playing. How many soldiers' lives are you uh, basically annihilating just to test them and have a bit of fun? I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like the war is not fun, but in this game, it is. Makes no sense. Yeah, the, the way the plot comes across in this one, you get a lot of that too. If you um, if you unlock the the extra missions when you go over to the Yellow Comet Nation. Um, where you fight uh, Kanbei's daughter, Sonia. Uh, she's basically like, mm, I must fight you to get for intel purposes. And it's just like, we're fighting a war. Like, you're not, like, testing me. Like, what, what is going on here? So there's very much that, like, lunacy part of, part of that plot in this game. One of my, one of my favorite uh, missions, too, is actually it's a secret mission after the last uh, mission against Sturm. It's called Rivals. And um, it's one where Andy and Eagle face each other again, like after the war is already won. But they're like, we have a friendly rivalry now. Let's see which one of us is truly better. And it's just like, these are soldiers lives. And you're just going to have like a friendly <laughs> battle with one another. I didn't, real I didn't realize there was an A in that. But yeah, it's like, we got a rivalry. We're not right. going to fight. <laughs> We're going to sacrifice loads of our men. Like imagine. Okay, okay. Right, don't say this the wrong way, people listening, but you'll get my reference. Imagine, like, England, America, and Germany, like, oh, the, the World <laughs> War II is over. Let's have another war just Let's... to see what happens. Right, and that's exactly pretty much what it is. And that's probably the most difficult mission in the game. I've played it before, and a lot of units die. So a lot of people die for this, like, friendly, like, rivalry game where Andy <laughs> and you are like, we have, to see, we have to see who's the best because, like, we were enemies, but now we're friends, but we have to see... Who's who's better? And it's just like you're just like okay, well everyone's the soldier. Just imagine being a soldier under their command. Just be like, wait, the war's over. What are we? Why are we doing this? <laughs> why are we? Why are we? Do, I, basically, all the mothers and children are like, Daddy, why are you going back to war? I, I don't know. They're, they're having a friendly rivalry, <laughs> and they're sitting there after the fight. It's like, oh, Andy won, having a big cognac. Oh, that was that was a good fight, sir. And there's like literally <laughs> blood and bones everywhere, like. Like, literally, a country's been ravaged, and they're like, ah, should we do this again next week? Yes, of course, let's do it. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is like, fuck off. 
Yeah, so it's very, like I said, it's very cartoony. You're you're basically there for the the tactical action, which um, is is very good. And just the the way this game is like uh, the way it was developed and the way it controls is so like it's so snappy, it's so fast, it's so colorful, it's so uh, it uh, appeasing to the eye. It's easy to like tell what's going on. Um, that it just lends itself to like picking up and playing over and over and over again. And because there's so many. Uh, like maps outside of the campaign too there's so much variety where you can just like play each map with like different co's and different parameters and you can like turn fog of war on or off or have higher funds and so it, it really it really creates this just replayable experience that like like i said i i consumed this game when i was younger and i i played advanced wars one and two last year um i played the reboot camp when it came out this year it's just a game that i will play through once at least every single year i'll pick it up play a couple maps here or there it's just yeah it's it's so good and it's i i feel like it's definitely definitely underrated i've been preaching in the discord servers and on twitter since i've had a show about how great of a series it is and how more people should try it like i do i do think and i agree i think it's underrated i think it does probably get you know, look down upon by Fire Emblem and yeah. Final Fantasy Tactics because Fire well Tactics is always seen as the gold standard with these sort of games. Oh, absolutely! Uh, but it, did, it it definitely, I'd say, is a, a third third considering. But it's it is it does get look. I'm really glad Nintendo actually decided to do the reboot series, probably to test the waters to see. Okay, let's see actually how this sells. And yeah, right. there is so much. I I so much you can do. Like I went and just did the one playthrough. But I agree. If I had this night the time. You could do multiple stories that it, it, like Max and Andy, the two CEOs you get at the beginning, that well, a little bit on, but they diverse paths. Now, I just stuck with Andy. You can go down right. Max's path and you've got four different chariot, uh, four different chapters, and then you essentially get Sammy. And essentially, there's the divides again three level, there are four different levels, but they're under different terms. So, although it's four chapters, it's actually 12 different missions, right? And I was like, wow, that's actually really good. I was like, and then yeah, you've got unlockable levels, the final battle where you can you control three different teams basically. Yeah. That can alter depending on your path. And I was like, wow, there is so much replayability. And again, you're not there for the story. Ignore the story. That's just that's just part of parcel. But you're here for the the game. And if you want the experience, you want that battle experience. Just just go for it. You you can have so much fun here. Yeah, and it's it's also if you happen to have a couple friends too that have the game, um, playing with friends with multiplayer is is also brings it up a notch because uh, the AI in the first game is a little bit a little bit questionable. They they do some things where they're easy to manipulate, easy to trick. Like uh, the AI will always go for for APCs no matter what. Uh, so you can use APCs, which are basically like supply units to give your units fuel and, and ammo and stuff. They're relatively inexpensive, so you can basically use, like, APCs to, like, trick the enemy into, like, diverting their attention away from, like, a more valuable unit and stuff like that. So, like, the AI isn't, like, spectacular. Um, playing with live people is, gets gets very intense because when you have a person on the other side that is, like, a thinking being, um, it, it just definitely kicks up the tension tension a lot for sure. And I'm glad you brought up the point, like you, did, you, like you said, Fire Emblem and Final Fantasy Tactics are definitely, like, the gold standard for this type type of game for sure. Um, Advance Wars deserves a little more credit. If it wasn't for the success of Advance Wars, uh, I forget the, the gentleman's name, but one of the designers said uh, that Nintendo saw the success of Advance Wars in America and was like, okay, we can finally send Fire Emblem over there because before 
the GBA, uh, Fire Emblem was Japan exclusive. I mean, mm-hmm. we got it was. Yes, we got Marth and Roy in in Smash Bros. Melee, and everyone was like, "Who are these like Japanese swords dudes?" Like nobody knows. And then um, Advance Wars came along and was successful, so that ultimately led them bringing Fire Emblem to the West. Which um, to this day, yeah, Fire Emblem is by above far the more popular series. Uh, but oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm glad we got the reboot. I'm definitely really glad we got the reboot for sure. Like, we definitely have to give it Advance Wars the praise because it's basically it's like, oh. The West is not as thick as we want, as thick as we thought it was. They was can exactly manage this thinking, sort yeah. of games. And yet, without Advance Wars, you ain't getting Fire Emblem. It's as simple as that. That's why the first Fire Emblem game for the GBA is just called Fire Emblem. Because they were like, let's let's do a Final Fantasy and hide the fact that we <laughs> right. never sent the other games out. No, in fact, it's they... the seventh one. <laughs> yeah, the se- like I'm. I've got on my phone uh, genealogy of the Holy War, but the, oh, you, very nice. Do you want to? Do you want to play that game? Yeah, with an English patch. That's the only way you're playing that fucking Nintendo. Fucking release that game. But this, you know, that. But this is all down to Advance Wars, and that is it shouldn't be its legacy. It shouldn't be the legacy that it does have. As in, basically, it's it's only there to allow, like, be the drawbridge to allow. Firebridge to come over and stamp all over it. it shouldn't have that because this game is fun this game is so much fun and maybe yeah you can argue it could be seen as maybe the an introductionary thing but because yeah. it's all cartoony but it does it, it starts off okay but then it gets hard and i've been oh, yeah. playing these for a while and it gets hard because you get to like definitely when you start finding is it eagle who's the oh, playing yeah. guy yeah yep. so he can Every CEO has basically their own ability. So Andy can heal his units by two. They give him basically two HP back. But then Eagle lets everyone have a separate go. I was like, oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> fuck. Everyone has a se- second turn. I think that's fucking silly. And, he, and he's got all he's got is basically just planes. And he's like, like oh, oh, yeah. Fuck. Fuck. This is, he's going to annihilate me. And it, but it's so much fun. And like, I. Like, what was your? Because you said there were so many different units, but what was your favorite unit? Uh, yeah, for the longest time, uh, I've always preferred the direct combat. Like when I first played the game, I loved Max. Uh, I just love the you know drive a tank up into somebody's face and blast them. Like I, I love that so much. So the tanks and the medium tanks were always two of my favorites. And then yeah, those those air units hit hit really hard, especially when you do have have Max. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought Eagle up because him specifically uh, is kind of like bullshit for lack of a better term because yes when you think about turn-based strategy games like each player having a turn is very important for the balancing of the game so when you have a man that comes along and all of a sudden is like nah f you i'm gonna take two turns in a row that can be very devastating and turn the tide of the battle against you very very quickly so yeah there there was a lot of uh balancing issues in these games especially if you're trying to play competitively against your friends um eagle is very broken because you get two turns uh max is Mm. actually the most broken co in uh advanced wars one because he has something like a like a 50 percent firepower boost in like his day-to-day and then his superpower makes that like 80 or 90 percent so he's basically just one-shotting like literally everything uh if he gets in front of you so yeah when when it comes to like competitive play and and there is a very robust but small like competitive scene they have this website called advanced wars by web where they can play 
uh, in the browser and each player can like take a turn and, and it's kind of like words with friends where you like wait for your friend to go and then you go. Mm. Um, it's a very, very cool thing to be able to play people online. Uh, they sort the, the COs into tiers because some of them are just like objectively better than other ones and they like pick from the tiers to like go up against each other. So, um, but yeah, uh, after my rant, um, yeah, I, I, the medium tank is probably by far and away my, my favorite uni. It's just a big old thick tank boy. Uh, I can just knock down the front door. Yeah, the medium tank. Oh my god! When you get a few of them, it's like, yay! You're rolling. Yay. You feel powerful. <laughs> you feel powerful. Like, it, it takes a while till you start getting those sort of units, but oh my god! Like for me, it was the bomber. The oh yeah, bomber. The bomber's oh, so my... cool. I love it. <laughs> god, it's like literally you do everything you can to get an airport, and it's like I will put all my money in this because barely anything can stop a bomber. Like you can get you, you get your jets, and you think, oh yeah, I'm gonna have fighter jets go. Right, and then you realize, oh, the fighter jets actually can't do fuck all. I went, oh, they they right. don't. They, don't, they can only they, attack they other attack air ground. units. Yeah, yeah, they don't attack ground troops. It's like, what's the fucking point? Just kamikaze, just kamikaze, <laughs> just do awesome, that. <laughs> just yeah, mad stupid option, kamikaze into the floor. So I was like, the bomber. Once the bomber gets going, it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah down it goes and this is the thing because there are so many different worlds and so many different things it, it's great because you can you have most levels you have right are well you know this obviously very well are capture the enemy's base that's mainly the thing so you need one of your right. infantry troops to go over and infantry troop goes to a building they basically stomp it and depending, let's <laughs> say they need it's basically two goes will win the base right. if your infantry man has full health because say if he's got 10 then it takes 10 off the base if he's got two it takes two off the base so it'll take 10 turns but that's mostly one of the points but then they start mixing it up with um that you've got one mission where you've got to find basically find the tanker and i was like oh fuck that's a pain in the ass so they got this oh, right. hidden yeah. tanker somewhere and you got to go freaking find it then you got one where it's like capture the enemy capture as many bases as possible or capture like 15 or something i thought that's quite cool because it's basically go 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 right and they they mix it up and i do like that i thought that was really good like there's different sort of missions so it'll please everybody rather than just kill everyone it was like okay we can just mix this up a bit it was good fun yeah, and I do like how they add the mission variety, like you said. Uh, it, most missions can be won by either routing all your enemy units or or capturing the headquarters. But yeah, they introduce those wrinkles where it's like, you have to capture X number of properties before your opponent. Or yeah, protect your lander or, or find the specific unit and, and destroy it. And uh, they... they um, they expand upon that uh, even more in, in the sequels in Advance Wars 2 and in, and in Dual Strike. Uh, so yeah, it, it's more than just like, oh, your only objective is to destroy units or to capture the HQ. And depending on like the map setup, like you said, one of those things might be more optimal. It might be, you know, it, it might be in your best interest to capture the enemy headquarters before you get overrun if, if things are going against you. So it just really depends uh, what... And I think, too, one thing I wanted to mention about when you mentioned planes, because planes are, are hysterical in this game, since everything is on, like, a 2D plane, um, you see it's, it's, like, top-down you're looking. Uh, you would think mm. that, like, units would be able to, like, drive under 
planes or like go under them yeah. because they're up in the sky. But no, if you have like a plane, you can park that plane on a bridge and enemies won't be able to cross the bridge because your unit is parked there. So it's just like it's a plane, but you're basically using it to like block a bridge. I, th- I just think that's kind of funny where it's just like the plane's up in the sky. Why can't my tank just go under it? But nope, since it's uh, a 2D plane, uh, you just you can't do fuck all. <laughs> so you can't you can't do that. No, this is like the plane's going. No, no, that's my space. That That's right. my space. Get away from my space. I right. need my personal boundaries. I just I'm just imagining like I'm just imagining like if I saw like the news helicopters flying around. It's like, well, the news helicopter is flying over this road. I can't use it. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing I can do yeah. about it. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's that's a good point actually. Yeah, because it's a good old 2D plane and like different units as well. You have do different things. So if you want to basically manage and just sort out the air stuff you have anti-air rockets you can have anti-air units Mm, you can have missiles then you've got basically ones that can deal with tanks really easily you've got even some of your infantry can deal with like tanks have got missiles so i like that there's basically like a um a strength and a weakness to every unit like no unit is absolutely shit apart from anti-air missiles which is like what's the point of them but <laughs> right just 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 use missiles or just get your own planes actually no the, the little helicopter that was pointless but you you do nothing just go mm. away just give me a bomber i'd rather spend my money on a bomber just, yeah and just give me that they make the battle copter much better in in advanced wars too they have a couple co's that specialize in using those and they're terrifying um but yeah it, it's very cool and that really leads to you thinking about like your army composition right like i said uh, i love medium tanks i love building tanks and medium tanks but you know if i just build only those then like you said somebody can build a bomber or if somebody's able to like hold the choke point where my tanks can't get through and then set up a bunch of like indirect rockets and stuff, well, then I can't do anything. So yeah, part of the strategy is like responding to what your, your enemy is building and making sure you have like a, a well-rounded uh, army to like be able to respond to whatever. Cause yeah, like you said, if, if your enemy is able to get out bombers and you don't have anything to respond to that, I mean, that's, yeah that's devastating i mean that's basically they're taking a piece off the board every single turn because that's how powerful bombers are so yeah yeah the, the the push and pull is all of this in one package it's it's monitoring what your enemy is capturing the way they're moving the units that they're building are you building the right things to respond to that so um like like i said it, on the surface it's a very like simple colorful uh a game i think it's less intimidating than fire emblem because there's a the lack of that permadeath mechanic mm-hmm. um but you can get really, really deep into like the mechanics of, uh, of composing your army and figuring out like the the damage dealt and, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's, there's just there's so much. It, it blows my mind. Like this little GBA package has so much replay. I've probably played this game more than like hundreds, thousands of hours, and I've spent in any other game. <laughs> Well, the thing like you said about yeah, you can build units. Some of the some of the missions you get, you have very strict limits on what you yes. have. It's like this is your limits. This is what you get. You don't get a base. Uh, sometimes, sorry, so, so you don't get a, a, a warehouse. Let's just call a factory. To basically, right. we need to breed more meat shields. Hang on, I'm just going to make some humans. <laughs> right. How come the humans? 
we could make if if Strum can make it, that's the thing. I everyone's like, oh, he's made a clone. I was like, we fucking make humans. It's like we I shit out people every turn. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, just, they fucking appear. So sometimes you can have your own little warehouse. Sometimes you don't, and they're the hard ones when you don't have. You're like, oh shit, this is all oh, I've yes. got to play with. Uh, but I like the ones where you can you have um bases to make stuff you can basically you can make water stuff you can make airport you have an airport it's like right just give me them because i'm like just (laughs) like don't worry about subs or you know i know you've got the warships which are godlike as well it's like just give me a bomber right it's like give me it's like when but then you get a bomber and then someone he sends over like um his sense of his jet and he just goes and kills you like oh Oh, I think that's too, a lot of my money. Yeah, it is. Oh. It's a big investment. And that's like, that's part of that push and pull where it's like, yeah, you invested a lot of money in that bomber. You don't want it to get destroyed because the, that's a big chunk of your money you just invested in it. But you make a, a really great point too. Like you said, there's it's not just the the objectives of the missions that change it. It's it's like the the parameters, like what's involved. And um, it really does a good job of like forcing you outside of your comfort zone. Because like I said, I like to just build a, a, a crap load of tanks and that's basically my play style. But yeah, in that mission where there's no factories to build stuff, it's like, oh, I just have these specific units to the, to, for basically complete this mission. I have to be careful because I need, the, you know, those units become more valuable because they're not replaceable. Um, mm. Yeah, the, the the poor infantry, like you said, they're they're super cheap. They only cost a thousand gold or money or whatever the currency is. Uh, so a lot of the time, you're not wrong about the meat shields. A lot of the time, because infantry are so inexpensive, you use them as a meat shield because it's better for somebody to blow up your 1,000 gold infantry than to blow up your 16,000 gold medium tank. So a lot of the times after the infantry are done capturing, it's just like, well, I have no more use for you. Uh, you're just going to make walls around my more expensive units so I can advance yes. forward. <laughs> hey, has anyone... Okay, so... As anyone, if you, this is a reference to South Park, the South Park movie, when it goes Operation Human Shield, yep, and you, you got all the men, all all the men attached to the tank. It's like that's exactly what this is. It's, it's like exactly Operation like Human Shield. And, that's what I think about but, all the time when I think about that. <laughs> yeah, it is, uh, but it's like Operation Get Behind there, just without the racism. It's exactly. basically because exactly. all the soldiers are white in this game. They're all white. So, right, so this that's is okay. Get get behind the whiteies. That's what this game is. Operation Get Behind the Whiteies. That's yes. what this is. And it it's some of it is so good. But when it comes to each level, right? Each level is nowhere near as long as a Fire Emblem level until oh, yeah. the final boss. The final boss yep. against um, Strump <laughs> took me fucking at least over an hour. I was like holy shit this is going on because you first start playing and you think oh yeah it's three you three against one we're gonna smash this guy you have three turns but then this this cunt can just go oh well i'm just gonna summon a meteor yep. I was like, what <laughs> what i just literally just smack it in the middle of wherever he wants and you're like well they're dead everything dies yes. And, th- and that's Shit. part of the reason we mentioned it before is why they give you three uh, three separate armies to control. So it's basically a giant 3v1 is because he can summon a giant meteor. Uh, I believe it's a, a three by three space wide meteor that does eight damage to all the units it hits. Um, mm. So 
that at first you're like, cool, I have three armies. But as you start to make your push like towards his base, it gets very congested. And all of a sudden, all your units like right next to each other. And then you're like, you didn't check his power meter. And you're like, oh, fuck, he has a meteor this mm-hmm. turn. That's not great. Um, yeah, Sturm is, is, was purposely designed to just be absolutely just the, the cheapest character in the game. I think he, I think in the first game, too, he gets no movement penalty through terrain. So all of his units can move through the terrain at a cost of like one speed, which is, uh, you know, if you have your, your tanks or, or stuff with wheels, it takes a little more movement to get through forests. I, that makes sense. That tracks, obviously. But uh, Sturm just doesn't care about terrain. He's just like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to move through it. He's a, yeah, yeah, just, he's, he's a cheap I, bastard. <laughs> I'll do what I fucking want. And it got to the stage where like, eventually I started getting through to him. I was like, okay, this is over now. I've got it. It's just a matter of I'm just going to wear him down. And yes. I just want the AI just to go, we're fucked. We're fucked. <laughs> no, nope. we can't win. I, they don't I'd up. love that. <laughs> no, because like, there's even like normal levels where it's like, I've won this battle and now I've got to send every uh, uh, every little tank's going across with this battle. He's got nothing. There's nothing on the field. And I right, still that meteor still go. come down, though. <laughs> that meteor still come down. He's like, fuck it, I can still do be God. But I was like, let me just, just, I'd love the AI just to go, fuck it, we've lost, you win. Like, we do that. We basically get that star again. I'd love the AI to go, nah, fuck it, done, can't win. It's like, just put that feature in, that'd be, be so much easier. It's like when you, because some of the maps can be so long, and I'm like, oh, yeah. oh. But your main, I always find your main goal is basically, do not get funneled on a bridge. Like, you oh, do yeah. not want to get funneled. Get, get through, if you see a bridge, get through that bridge as quick. Let you control the units coming through. Do not let them funnel because you. Oh, it just becomes a bore fest if that happens. Right, and we again a weird thing with the AI with bridges too in this game is, um, if the enemy does try to like funnel over a bridge and you can like stop them at a bridge. Uh, let's say the, the the person has like a tank on the bridge and you can like damage that tank like five or six points. The enemy will just leave that tank there. They won't move it, so you can just stack people behind that injured tank and it won't attack you because it's injured. So. Uh, yeah, just, there's so many weird AI. I think that's part of the game's charm, too, because if, if you were just playing against, like, a perfect, ruthless, like, you know, chess-playing super robot, that would be no fun. Part of the fun is, like, manipulating the AI and being like, oh, like, look how stupid this computer... It makes you feel good, right? You never want your game to, like, make the player feel bad. And trust me, if you want to get uh, your ass handed to you even worse, and there is a hard campaign, and the hard campaign is... Uh, I have never beaten it. It's designed by satan himself it's so difficult (laughs) it it requires the most like every movement you make has to be so incredibly precise you cannot waste any movement and if you build the wrong thing even uh the the margin for error is so razor thin so um yeah the the normal campaign is tough like the challenge at the end with with sturm is 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 pretty cool it gets annoying like i said i wish they would just like once you break through just be like oh i'm fucked just quit but the hard campaign is <laughs> truly for uh for for masochists it's one of the most difficult things i've ever done <laughs> but that's good though in a sense of it you know you bought this game back on the gba you've got an adventure that's gonna you know you're not putting this down anytime soon you've been no. playing this and it's got that replayability like i've been just playing fire emblem engage and one of the problems that fire emblem has is that th- there's no replayability in that year, you can right. do it on hard mode or the, the the version maddening, which is just insane. But when it comes to like story branches, there just isn't that, or you know, different characters. Whereas 
in this game, yeah, there are story branches. There is a hard mode, which is just basically a sadist nightmare. Um, <laughs> but then you've got different COs you can play with or different... Like, I never unlocked the different uh, the stuff with the yellows, one of the yellow ones. I never did that. I never oh, yeah. unlocked them because I never met the requirements to do that. I was like, oh, okay, I didn't realize there were requirements. So trying to go through the game, like you want, you need to finish a map in so many turns or something like that. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, so there's, so there's so much more here that I could pick the bones at, which is really good. And that, it's like, you get you, you buy that 40 quid, and you go, oh, it's just a GBA game. No, you've got a game that's going to last you a good amount of time, and that's what you want from a video game, and you wouldn't get bored by it either. Yeah, like even playing the, you know, I, I bought the the reboot for sixty dollars. I had both the games in there. I, I probably spent thirty hours playing each of those games. So, yeah, I mean the the campaign. I mean, if when you get really good at it, you can you can blow through those pretty pretty fast. But um, and even outside the campaign, there's there's versus maps. So there's two, three, four player maps that you can play. Uh, set computers on and play. Uh, there's the war room, which has very specifically crafted like challenges. It's it's almost like extra campaign missions against specific COs that are like designed to take advantage of the way the stage is designed. So yeah, there's just, there's it. When you pick it up at first, you're just like, Oh, this is whatever, whatever. Um, it, 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 I think it has more replayability than, than most fire emblem games, maybe not three houses. Cause I think three houses with the way that game is structured just has so much replay value. It's, it's insane. Um, but fire emblem is, is not this way. You're not going back and like playing the maps, over and over and over again it's, it's just that's not the style of, of play it is so it is i mean they're both made by intelligent systems it's they're, they're they're sister series but they couldn't be more different from each other and if, if you're ever if you were ever like curious about getting into fire emblem but were a little bit intimidated by it i would say maybe like give this a shot first um yeah. because like i said the, the permadeath thing kind of scares some people away they're like and the earlier Fire Emblem games like don't have a way to turn off permadeath. It's like your character dies. That's just how it is. But if you're intimidated by that, just you know, this is very casual. Um, it's very forgiving for people to like make mistakes. Like, oh, my guy died. Okay, I'll just build another one. And I think yeah, that's, I'll just I'll just mold them in a factory. Right. I think that's its biggest strength. Is is it's more forgiving because it, if, if your person dies in Fire Emblem, then you got to just like restart the level, and that's like that's no fun. But if your people die in Advance Wars, like, that's okay. Because it, it's safer to make mistakes. Yeah, it definitely is safer to make mistakes. And I, and I do like that. I think what always turned me off initially to play Fire Emblem and um, this was, like, I'd been used to Final Fantasy where it's my turn. I smack you. You don't hit me back. Oh, yeah. Yo. You you wait till your turn. Unless you've got the counter ability, you wait until your turn. But then when you, you play, you see these games like, what? I, I, they, they, they get a counter attack straight away? No. Fuck that. Fuck that shit. Not allowed. No. So that just put me off and I was such a bitch. Because I was like, no, <laughs> I don't like counter attacking units. And then eventually, because I was like, I don't want them to die. Uh, I want to control what happens. Because you can do that in tactics. In tactics and in tactics advance, you can just go, ah, fuck it. They're not going to hit me this turn. Um, but oh, do you know what? I I would play this again. Like I am really looking forward to jumping in to number two. I'm not doing it for a while. I'm making it clear everyone on the show. <laughs> Give me a call when you I, do. <laughs> I've you can have number two. Number two is yours, right? Number two is probably like one of my I've, favorite games of all time. So <laughs> well, 
you can you can have two, but I've literally been playing so much Fire Emblem recently. I was like, no, I just need to jump into some games where it's not going to take long for me to freaking finish. Oh, I need yes. some like Sonics, and you know I've got three Sonics to play. I want to get through them because they'll take literally an hour, and I can just go and breathe rather than these games which take fucking forever. And oh, again, yeah. that's not a bad thing. Like if someone wants me to play three houses get fucked because i have to <laughs> do that hours. three times <laughs> yeah um i think yeah in terms of all the advanced wars games discounting the reboot i, I think uh two is is the definitive version uh there were a lot of fixes that were made from one two is really like uh maybe like a if you were to think about two today it'd be like dlc for one because it's a lot yeah. of the same it's it's just extra maps it's extra co's and it's and it's a brand new campaign uh but i think two is is balanced better two has some new units some new uh commanders with some new powers that that make it interesting two is really the definitive way to do that dual strike is is pretty good the ai and dual strike is is a little more unforgiving it's not as stupid so dual strike's a little more intense uh days of ruin i think I think there are people out there that like that game. Uh, I didn't like it. It's it was it's it, they took it in such a dark tone. Basically, the 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 premise of Days of Ruin is like the Earth was hit by a meteor and wiped out most life, and now there's just like warring factions. And oh, by the way, there's also a pandemic happening where people are getting sick and dying. So that's I wouldn't play that now. I mean, that's a little too topical for what like what we just went through. Um, but Days of Ruin basically killed the series until they uh, did the the reboot camp. So. Um, but yeah, if your Advance Wars one and two are are great ways to get into those those strategy games, it does take a little bit to get used to because, like you said, you're used to like smacking the person and then they smack you back on their turn. Whereas, like, yeah, you're gonna get counterattack, but that's all part of the the strategy soup, and I think that's part of the system that just makes it so good. Yeah, because I think I could see, yeah, the days of ruin. It, it, I'm sorry, dark was it? No, dark conflict or what? Is it we call it days of ruin? I think it was. I think, I think it was called Dark. Uh, so it was called Days of Ruin in the U.S. I think it was called Dark yeah. Conflict outside of the U.S. So you're right. Yeah. We had Dark Conflict. <laughs> Interesting. We had Dark. And um, Europe and Australia. Dark. So both sides, wherever I lived at the time, had it as Dark Conflict. But yeah, yeah, it definitely looks like. Why would you go away from that original style? Like that's what makes you. Yeah. You know what it is. Well, that was the era like, of like the the Gears of War and like uh, you know the the Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So like the, everything was like really gritty around that time. You know everything looked like it had the brown filter over it. So I think that's they're uh, like, <laughs> oh, we have to go uh, grittier with our our toy sandbox war game. <laughs> well, I'm glad they've realized. No, you can basically have war and death and people getting killed in a cartoony way. Exactly. Um, <laughs> that that's how it should be. And I really do hope that they make another Advance Wars, whether it's... I don't know if it's the DS one, they do that as a remake, because I don't know how DS games are going to be remade. They'll figure yeah. it out. I think it should be. I I was thinking about how they bring DS games back. And I was like, well, surely, right? So picture this in your head, everybody. Take a DS, right? Get your DS that you've loved for years. Snap it in two, right? And put it <laughs> alongside. They turn it horizontally and put it alongside the Switch. And you'll look and go... Hang on, surely the Switch is bigger in screen. The two screens, the DS, are not as big as basically a Switch screen. Right. So it's like, just just get the, the Nintendo Switch screen and then just split that in two. Yeah, da, that, that's, da, that, that was, uh, that's a problem for, uh, I'm playing, infamously playing through all the Kingdom Hearts games for my podcast and I'm, I'm on the DS Kingdom Hearts games right now. 
Um, and and that's a challenge that they had was was porting those games over from the, that were on the DS uh, to the HD collections, and they and they they just they couldn't do it. Um, so they they pretty much relegated those to like just cutscene collections where you could like watch what happened, and which is which is a shame because the, there were a lot of great games on on the DS, and I think you're you're right. They they need to find a way to get those over and get those playable somehow because. Uh, I've seen the 3DS prices lately since they uh, stopped producing them, and they are very expensive. So yes. unless you unless you have a DS, um, regular DS emulation is is pretty good. I don't know about 3DS emulation because with the whole three, I I bought a 2DS honestly because the 3D hurt my head looking at it. So yeah, the three I I never used the three. I got the 3DS when it, after it came out. I still have my 3DS. Jared has it at the moment. Uh, oh yeah! From episode from early on the show, Jared's playing League Between Worlds, so that's why he's borrowed Ooh, that's it. A good one, but now yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm looking at it, going, Jared, hurry the fuck up because <laughs> I I, you're listening, Jared. Hurry the fuck up because I want to play Fire Emblem Awakening. I have that. I have Ooh, that yeah. cartridge. I that's still have one. it, and I want to play that. So hurry up. Um, but yeah, I it's emulation on the d on the 2ds is is easy enough 3ds is difficult and this is the thing i i i by the time this airs i would have i think it's episode 52 of dlc um that patreon.com for special awards for every show 52 episodes at least but mm. i have to get that stupid little plug in oh. um the i would have gone on a rant about how it's 80 odd percent of games are just non-accessible anymore i was like let yeah. these games be accessible. Like, if you wanted to play Advance Wars 1 and 2 prior to the um, the reboot coming out, and I would have loved to play... Where are you playing it? Where? Unless you've I got the cartridge, where oh, are you yeah. playing it? I have, a, I have the 1 and 2 cartridge, but I emulated them, both those games, because GBA emulation on your laptop is super easy. Mm. So, I yeah, I played it. I played... Actually, I played the the trilogy. I played 1, 2, and Dual Strike all on my laptop uh, until the until the reboot camp came up because that was the only way to unless you had the cartridges uh, or and a Game Boy Advance, which I still have the cartridges. I just don't have a Game Boy Advance, so... <laughs> well, that's the thing, unless you've got the original hardware. Like, I still have... I still have a DS. Well, actually, if you... I have a second... I got given another DS because mine died when I was here in Australia on my own. I was like, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> so I've got a DS. I've got a 3DS. I've got a Switch. And if I can get the cartridges, I will. But I'm not paying for the Yahoo, you know, basically to... I, I was at CEX the other day, or sex, and <laughs> they wanted $250 for Paper Mario. I thought, fuck oh, off. Oh, my God. And that's not oh. even the most expensive games. You want like Pokemon XD, Pokemon XD, and the most ex- it's like over nearly four hundred bucks. I'm like, no, just no. <sighs> yeah, I, dick. I think I saw that article too about the yeah over eighty percent of games are aren't available. And like I said, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of Nintendo's business practices. I, I'm happy that they're sl- however slowly they are making some old stuff available via Switch Online, even though they are charging you money for it. Um, like I said, the, the Fire Emblem Seven, the first Fire Emblem North America, is is available on the Switch now, which I think is is very cool. Um, mm. I, I would love for them to put the original Game Boy Advance Advance Wars games on the Switch. So I would I. Be, I think that's a Advance Wars is a perfect handheld Switch game with the reboot camp. It's it's like the perfect game for that type of system. It's it's so good. You just it's and Advance Wars really does lend itself to like it, it's a game. 
you know, I, I'm like you, Danny. I just got done playing uh, Tears of the Kingdom and Final Fantasy 16 and a Kingdom Hearts game back to back to back. I'm like, I don't want to play long things right now. So Advance Wars is the perfect type of game where you can like pick it up, play a couple turns, set it back down. You'll come back to it. You're not missing story. It's just like you played a couple turns. It's the perfect game for that. It is, it is the perfect. I should say, have you got kids? Uh, not yet. <laughs> Jesus, that you, all I can say is when you have kids, goodbye long-term gaming. <laughs> goodbye yeah, long-term gaming. Preparing and myself just, slowly but surely. <laughs> this is in April, right? Apparently, this is an article I got in April. The reboot camp is nearly 400,000 units sold already. I was like, if that's the case, great. Then, you know, I wanted to sell. I think I, apparently that was over in a week. I'm trying to get the, the sales figures because people want Advance Wars. I yeah. want Advance Wars. I, I think I want too, more of they it. don't they don't offer the digital download uh, numbers either, do they? That's just like physical. No, they don't. Right? Yeah, so we're not really sure how well it's doing. <laughs> the thing is, a lot of people do do digital now. Like I, if I I do start doing digital, I do a mixture depending on what game it is. Oh, same. But I if, if I if bought this physical because I love these games. So yeah, if, if, but I always think if I can get it on sale. When Nintendo do sales, I'll download it, and they do do sales. They do do good sales, I should say, depending yes. on what it is. But yeah, I'd love to see. Are we going to get? An, can you imagine Advance Wars three? I'm not saying Dual Strike because obviously they don't have to go to the DS stuff. I don't yes. want them to go. Oh, we can't do Dual Strike, so fuck it. We're not going to do anymore. I want them to have another go because it'd be great to be playing like two. Like, oh, with this one, you can play two to four players. How good's that? Although. You've got to have some dedicated people to play an, um, an online game of this. Just say, right, we're going to be here for an hour. Let's get oh, yeah, ready. Definitely. You'd have to very much do it. Like I said, I mentioned Advance Wars by web. And, and the way that they do it is um, you take your turn and then it ends and then it goes to your other person who plays. It, it's their turn. And then you basically wait till they're done and they could log on a day later and do their turn. So games take place. Like I said, it's kind of like words with friends. Games can take place over the span of. Of several days without everybody just having to sit in front of their computer for however long it's going to take, and I think mm. that was I think that was the problem that they had with they. I know they implemented online in the reboot camp. I didn't. I haven't checked it out much. Um, you have to. They, your friend has to own the game, so you can only play with friends. They don't have like a matchmaking or anything like that, mm. and uh, I, it's very limited in what you can do with with the online play. So to to do like an Advance Wars three to have some kind of like ranked matchmaking would be super cool. I just I don't know how. They would do that. And I think, too, uh, you know, by the time Days of Ruin rolled around, they really kind of like I, I to me personally, I couldn't think of what else they could do um, in terms of like adding units to like spice up the variety of 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 play. Uh, I know in Dual Strike, they added like aircraft carriers and stealth bombers and they tried to add like more units. But the more you add, the the more you risk upsetting the balance of the game. So um they they i mean i th I would like to see them do it i think and this game too will definitely go on sale this is not a nintendo developed and published game i believe this was developed by way forward uh who did Sha who does shantae and i i know those games go on sale all the time so the re reboot camp will definitely definitely go on sale and if it goes on sale that's two gba games in one remade that's a that's a steal <laughs> and yeah if they come if it comes on sale i'll probably pick it up just so i can play I'll play the reboot version of two, I think, 
um, just because oh, yeah. I, I want to see what it's going to be like. But no, I I really hope we get more more of this, and I think the the good games. I know it got delayed for a long time, over a year and a half, because of what's going on in Ukraine, sadly. And I yeah. was wondering where the fuck is this game, and then it dawned on me, oh yeah, kind of makes sense why they didn't release this game. Probably because we don't want to basically have that image of we've been talking about wars are fun, people are dying, yay! Right. The timing was <laughs> was bad, and and specifically to the CEO Olaf is like very inspired by Russia. You know, like he he yeah. his whole getup is like looks like a Russian wintertime fighter, and his power is based around fighting in the snow. So snow, not so, not oh. a super good look. <laughs> but I saw no, so, I under I understand that the 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 length of time it was delayed was kind of weird but at the time i think probably pushing it you know was the right move to do even though the people that make call of duty and all these other violent games seem to don't have a problem releasing a violent war game a couple months after that but you know <laughs> yeah politics obviously they just didn't like the, maybe it was the fact that we could create humans maybe that's what it <laughs> yeah, was maybe. it was like they they figured out how to do cloning shit the russians are like shit we've done that <laughs> That's how we've got so many troops. That's, That's how we it. can literally send everyone to Ukraine. We've got cloning techniques. We literally <laughs> have them coming out the barracks. Here they go. Miyamoto's like, we can't have this ship. We can't. <laughs> so. No. So I've got nothing more to say about this beautiful game. What about you, my friend? Uh, no, I think I've said what I wanted to. If, if, you're listening, if you're at all curious, I would urge you to just try it it's easy like you said like the best way to play it the reboot camp is out um if you want the original experience gba emulation is is super easy on a laptop mm. not that i uh not, you know encourage can, can, condone yeah it just you know fly the pirate flag it's just a little bit it's fine just don't let nintendo know uh it's yeah, fine. Don't, don't let nintendo go or they will kill your family simple it, as that yeah pretty much um but i think playing you know, playing this game you'll see you know i talk about this in my discord all the time like this it, it's it's such a great well-made game and if, even for people that don't like strategy games i think you'll in, enjoy this one so just 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 give it a chance yeah just give it a chance and you'll have a blast so if you had to rate this out of 10 i wonder what score you're going to be giving this uh for me uh, vance wars one i i feel is a, a 9.5 very strong 9. i'm 5. gonna i'm gonna give it a nine I'm not giving it as high as you, but I'm going to give it a nine. There were some little gripes I had, and I think my gripes came through when I've I've finished a map, and I was like, I have finished. I'm like, fuck, but I've still got to go all the way to the other end. It's like, they've got nothing left. Fucking just give up. Uh, They used to annoy the tits out of me. Uh, Apart from that, no, solid little game. Really looking forward to see what number two is going to do. And then, yes, when I've done number two, you are welcome to come on, my friend, and chat some more. I, I will be there to talk about two because two has some interesting stuff to talk about. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Well, Eric, it has been absolutely lovely talking to you once again, and I can't wait to have you back on, my friend. Danny, thank you so much for allowing me to come on again. This was it's such a cool experience every every single time, and I always have a blast talking with you whenever we get to chat. All right, well, you take care of yourself, mate, and I'll speak to you soon. Will do. Goodbye, everybody. And that was episode 102 of Advance Wars for the Game Boy Advance. Thank you very much to everyone from listening. I hope you really enjoyed yourself. And thank you, Eric, for coming on once more. I've given you another Kirby game, so I look forward to having you back on to do that. Until then, you all take care of yourself. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. And I've been Danny. Take care. Bye-bye.